It's such a privilege to be with you today. I want to start by reading to you Acts chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. This is from the New Living Translation, and it says, Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, this passage can cause a lot of different things to happen in your heart. For some of you, you felt excited when you heard this is about the day of Pentecost and there was something inside of you that's like, yes, let's go. For some of you, when you hear this passage, you're like, I'm still not real sure about all of this Pentecost stuff and Holy Spirit and speaking another language. What do they mean? And then for some of you, you might just go, I just have questions. I just don't know what all of this Holy Spirit is about. Isn't it just part of the blessing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? But it is so much more than just something we say Knowing the Holy Spirit is more than just, it's just what we do. Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, which means that the Holy Spirit is God. So I want to give you a little bit of context to that, those verses that I just read. Um, Jesus, in Acts chapter 1, is talking to his followers. He's about to ascend into heaven, and he tells them, stay in Jerusalem. If you have a King James Version Bible, it says, Terry. Terry in Jerusalem, that just means stay. Stay in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And the reason why he told them that is because he knew that they were going to need Holy Spirit to do what he had asked them to do. Because if you stop and think about the things that Jesus asked us to do, love your neighbor, do good to those who despitefully use you, turn the other cheek. Y'all are gonna need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that because I know I need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. So he tells them the wait, And then he says in Acts chapter one, verse eight, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So I'd like to take a moment right now and ask you to think, where has Holy Spirit shown up in your life? I want you to think about the times when you were reminded about something. It could have been something big or something small. This actually just happened to me yesterday. Our school district is doing school teacher conferences um, this next month. And so they sent out the link for me to sign up and I have two children in this particular school. And so I was signing up for my kindergarten son and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this meeting, okay, and I put it on my calendar, and then I was about to schedule the second one, and I was going to do it on a different day, and then it was this small voice that said, why don't you check your calendar and see if that works, and sure enough, it doesn't work. My husband is out of town. Don't schedule a meeting when you need to be away from your children when your husband is out of town. That's just asking for disaster to come to your household, but in that moment, I thought, oh, Holy Spirit, thank you for nudging me to check my calendar. And it's very easy to say, that's not that big a deal. Listen, if you've ever had a calendar snafu, but before the snafu happens, you have that nudge, you better thank the Lord because he is working on your behalf. So it was a small thing, but it was a really, really big thing. Or how about this? Maybe this is your story. 
you've gone through a very difficult time or you're going through a very difficult time right now. And there just aren't words to comfort you, but there is a presence. And that presence is the Lord through the person of the Holy Spirit that is bringing you comfort. And then this other one, I don't love when this happens, conviction. Psalms 139 verses 23 and 24 say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So I actually prayed this prayer this morning on my walk and it's kind of a dangerous prayer to pray. And I admit that sometimes I pray this prayer and I'm like, I'm good. I'm just trying to cover my bases, but I'm good. But Holy Spirit was so good to say, hey, can we talk about this? Can we talk about these things that you're planning on saying to your husband that is going to pick a fight? Like he just like went right at it. And so I was able right there on my walk to stop. Well, I didn't stop because I was making really good pace. But on my walk to say, Lord, thank you for bringing this to my mind. I confess this judgment and contempt that I had about the situation and I release it and I give it to you. And I ask that you would give me your heart. I don't know how to approach this situation, but I know that you can help me. Can I tell you, not 12 hours later, the Lord answered that prayer and showed how the situation could work its way out. The little things, the big things, Holy Spirit wants to be present in your life. There's a comedian that talks about God's other name being something. Something told me, something, that's just God speaking to you through his Holy Spirit. The large and small impacts that happen in your life are because you listen to that nudge and that nudge is God showing up for you. It is not just coincidence. It is not luck. It is not, oh, it just happened to work out that way. It is because we serve a good and a kind, loving God who through Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to be with us every day to speak to us about the big and the small matters of our life. Jesus sent Holy Spirit to be with us, to be our helper, our advocate, our comforter and revealer of truth. Today, I'm gonna be talking to you about fresh wind. Doesn't that just feel good? Now listen, fresh wind isn't something that happens in the wintertime. When you think about fresh wind, you think about something that is refreshing. You think about something that just, it just feels good. Not tsunami winds, not hurricane winds, not tornado gale force, fresh wind. And we, when we think about the wind of God, God often through his word uses wind to describe the movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in around us. If you take it all the way back to Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was formless and void and the spirit of God hovered over the waters. The Hebrew word for spirit is the ruach, the breath or wind of God hovered over the waters. And I believe with all of my heart that the spirit of God is not only hovering over you in your life situations, he is just waiting for an invitation to come and be with you throughout your life situations. Holy Spirit reveals things to us, he transforms and refreshes us and he empowers us. So let's look number one. 
Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us. 1 Corinthians 12, 3, the second half of this verse says that no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit of God. So the very act that you were able to say, Jesus is Lord, it is evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Because I know sometimes it's easy to think, is is God really working in me by his Holy Spirit? You can do a test right now. Is Jesus Lord? If when you do that, you say, yes, he is. That is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life right now. We just read it in the word, right? John 14, 26 tells us, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, this is Jesus talking, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. I am a woman of a certain age. We won't get into what that age is. And I think it's about every five years, I start to pay for the things that I would tease my mother about. You know, when your mom would walk into a room with coffee in her hand and she would set it down and then like two minutes later, where's my coffee? And I'm like, mom, how can you forget where your coffee? Ha, 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 So I may or may not forget where I set things down now. The Bible also says you reap what you sow. I'm so thankful that Jesus said the Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that I said to you. Now, in order to be reminded of what Jesus said to you, what would be something that'd be really great for us to do? Maybe to read what Jesus said, right? Now, quick plug, if you are one of those people that say reading is really, it's, it's a challenge for me, I highly, highly encourage and invite you to try the audio version of your Bible. It's on your phone, you can download it on your phone. And there are times when I just listen to God's word. I just listen to it over and over again. And some of them have music behind them. Some of them, there's like sound effects. So it's like a whole experience when you're listening to the Bible. But this is my point. As we feed ourselves with the word of God, we are putting within ourselves a catalog, if you will, for Holy Spirit to pull up and remind us of the truth when we need it. Amen? John 16, 13 through 15 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me, again, this is still Jesus talking. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. It's almost like the most perfect game of telephone from the father to the son, from the son to the spirit, to the spirit, to us. Now, sometimes we mess it up a little bit. <laughs> you know, the last person in the chain, what did they say? Akuta Matata. No, that's not, that's not what he, that's not what he said. And Holy Spirit's just like, that's not what I said to you. But as we continue to be in the word of God, as we continue to surrender ourselves to him, he will guide us into all truth. We need truth today. We need to be reminded what truth actually is according to the word of God, because there are a lot of things in our society today that sound really great, but they're not actually truth. And if we will allow ourselves to be submitted to the things of God and to listen to what Holy Spirit wants to say to us, we will be able to distinguish truth from a lie. Holy Spirit transforms us. 
renews us, refreshes us. First, this happens at salvation. And I love this. I was actually talking to my children today about this, that in the Garden of Eden, when God said, if you eat of the fruit, you will die. Did their physical bodies die? The answer is no, but their spirits died right at the moment that they disobeyed God. But as soon as someone accepts the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, their spirits become alive again. One of the pictures that I had in my mind, I keep going back to Genesis because I'm studying that right now. God, when he formed man, breathed into his nostrils and breathed the breath of life into him and his spirit became alive. When we hear we are created in God's image, it's not so much that we have his nose or we have his eyes or we have his gait as much as that we have his spirit that is within us. And when we give our lives to Jesus and become alive in Jesus Christ, our spirits are made alive and we are transformed. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And so when we begin this new life, I wish it was a set it and forget it that when you get saved, you're just great and you don't have to do anything else to look like Jesus, but we still live in this body. Our spirits have eternal life. Our spirits are immortal, but it is housed in this tent of dust and clay, right? And so because we are still in our fleshly bodies, this is why daily we take up our cross. This is why we regularly submit to the sanctification that comes through Holy Spirit working in our lives. Jesus is the perfect mirror, and it is by the Spirit of God that we get to see how we are looking like our Lord and Savior and where we might need him more. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You are being transformed. By nature of the fact that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, you have been transformed, but you are also being transformed. Another picture of this is let's think about a small child. When they first come into this world, they look one way. And when they first arrive, sometimes they don't look so hot. They're like, oh, it's a baby, right? But then as they begin to grow and change, they're still that child, but they're being transformed. They now have hair on their head. They now have teeth in their mouth. They now can stand up and walk. They are being transformed day by day, moment by moment. The same thing is happening to our spirits so that we are being transformed to look more and more like Jesus Christ. And it comes out in how we talk, how we walk, how we live and the decisions that we make. When Holy Spirit reveals an area in your life, how do you respond? You don't have to answer out loud. But something that I have been learning is to invite the Holy Spirit into the areas that need transformation. Because what I love about God is that he doesn't say do this and then expect you to do it on your own. He says do this and there's some things that he does all by himself. And then there are things he says, do that. And then he comes right alongside us and does it with us. And I love that. I think that is his goodness and his kindness that he is always with us. Is an area where you need to invite the Lord to transform by his Holy Spirit an appetite that you have? Is it an appetite for approval? 
That is something that Holy Spirit regular checks in my spirit. Hey, Portia, are you doing this because this is a right thing? Or are you doing this because you want somebody to say, great job, Portia. I love gold stars. (laughs) Man, they're awesome and so shiny, right? But it can't be for the gold star. It has to be for the one who gave everything for me, right? Is Holy Spirit asking you, to invite him into, maybe it's your appetite for food. Food is so good, but it's so easy, especially in our culture, for food to become our idol, either in excess or not enough. Choose your poison. Is the Lord asking you to invite Holy Spirit into your desire for attention? Is he asking you to invite Holy Spirit into how you are entertained? Is entertainment bad in and of itself? Of course not. God wants us to have joy and he has given us things to enjoy, but everything that is available to us to enjoy, not all of that is gonna spur us on to good works and holiness, if you know what I'm saying. I won't call your shows out because then I would just be putting myself on blast too. But have we invited Holy Spirit into these different spaces? Here are a couple more that can feel a little... I can't believe she just said this out loud. Do we need to invite Holy Spirit into a place of unforgiveness or a place that has turned into bitterness? Because when we invite him into those places, we begin to be transformed. We begin to release the other person. It doesn't mean that we all of a sudden are in tight, close relationship again, because forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same thing, right? Reconciliation means coming back together and sometimes all that the Lord is asking you is to take them off the hook so that you can be free, so that you can walk the way that he has asked you to walk. John 16, eight says, and when he comes, Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. But here's the deal, guys. What I love about the fact that Holy Spirit loves us enough to convict us is that Romans 8 tells us that we are not condemned. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, you have been set free from the law of sin and death. Conviction is not a bad thing. Conviction is a holy, good, and loving thing that we get to receive from the heavenly father because he does not want anything to separate us from our closest to him. Now, for those that are thinking, wait a minute, doesn't God's word say that he will never leave us and never forsake us? You're absolutely right. He will never leave us. But do we try to leave him, right? Do we try to plug our ears and say, la, 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 I can't hear you. Maybe we're not doing that in real life. I hope not, we're all adults here in the room. But internally, in our hearts, our heart posture is, I don't want to hear that right now, God. That's too hard, God. I can't believe you would ask me to forgive that person, God. The conviction when it comes is not condemning from your heavenly father. He loves you. And he is using his Holy Spirit to draw you close to him. So the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us. He transforms us and renews us. He refreshes us. And this is one of my favorites. Holy Spirit empowers us. He empowers us to be his witnesses because 
when God changes our life, when we have truly surrendered everything to him, it's really hard to keep it to yourself. Now, this doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're going to stand on stages or stand up and shout, let me tell you what God did for me. Now, if you do that, God bless you. But it may well be that because of the transformation in your life, that the people that are in your sphere just go, I don't know what it is, but there's something different about you. And when, not if, and when that opportunity comes, the Holy Spirit within you gives you the power to be a witness. Now, there may be some of you in this room that goes, you know what, I've heard this for as long as I've been a Christian, that the Holy Spirit gives us the power to be a witness. And I just, I haven't really experienced that. I got saved, so you were baptized into the body of Christ. I made a public declaration of my faith, and you were baptized fully immersed in water. But it seems like something is still missing. And what I want to invite you to is what we read about in Acts chapter 2 is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Whoa, Portia, hold on. That sounds like a lot. It is a lot. Because the Lord wants to give you everything that you need for life and godliness. He does not want to send you out into wolves not having the protection that you need. He wants you to be empowered by his Holy Spirit so that in the moment when you are asked to give a reason for your faith, Holy Spirit will begin to give you the words. So you're like, I didn't even know where that came from. But because you have regularly been spending time in God's presence, because you have been allowing your spirit to be washed by the word of God, because you have regularly submitted and said, Lord, do whatever you want to do in me today. When the time comes, you will begin to hear what you were supposed to say to that man, that woman, that boy, that girl, to give a testimony of what Jesus has done in and through you. Holy Spirit empowers us to overcome. How many of you remember the old things that you used to do? You don't have to raise your hand. You probably do. Now, for some of you, you might have to really sit and think, what was it that I used to do? And for a lot of us, you can call it to mind. You remember the things. You remember the old habits and patterns. And what really stinks is the enemy remembers too. But God's word says that once we've been forgiven, God doesn't hold it against us. And Holy Spirit reminds us that we are not condemned, but we have been set free. And Holy Spirit reminds us the truth, because remember, he guides us into all truth, that the enemy, though he accuses us, we have an advocate with the Father. Amen? Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. I'm currently right now um, not eating certain types of foods. And um, I've noticed that when I cheat, I want those foods so badly. If I look at pictures on my phone of the foods that I'm currently not eating, I want them desperately. If I talk about the foods that I'm not currently eating, that usually equals a cheat day. I think cheat days are actually fine. I think you should like have a pressure relieving. But for the spiritual principle that I'm trying to establish right now, if we think about it, if we talk about it, if we go around the thing that we know does not draw us closer to the Lord, we will give in. But if we will let the Holy Spirit to guide our lives from the first moment that we see the thing and that old part of us tries to resurrect, like, oh, no, 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 no. That is under the blood of Jesus and this is no longer a part of my life. When you see the picture or hear the friend that invites you, come hang out, we're gonna do this. And you remember, 
that is not a good place for me to be. That is not a good environment for me to be because it's going to be harder for me to hear what I need to hear. And I'm not going to be setting forth what God has been doing in my life. Galatians 5.22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. These are the things that helps us to love those who despitefully use us. These are the things that help us turn the other cheek. These are the things that help us to walk according to the path of righteousness that God has set for all of us to follow is because we are surrendered and following the leading of the Holy Spirit. I wanna close with this. We regularly need the fresh wind of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives simply because we leak, right? I want you to think about at the end of Jesus's life before he was crucified and before he was resurrected and he washed his disciples' feet and he came to Peter and he said, Lord, you can't, you can't wash my feet. And Jesus was like, I must wash your feet or you'll have no part of me. And Peter said, well, then Lord, wash all of me. And first of all, Jesus was like, wait, <laughs> it's not that kind of party. But this is the principle that is there. He was like, you are clean. It is only your feet that need to be washed. So hear me. Our spirits are made new in Christ Jesus, but our spirits live in these bodies. And we live in this world that has been broken and just dilapidated by sin. So with all of the things that we are doing to stay close to the things of God, to keep our minds set on Jesus, we still live here and we leak. And that is why we need to regularly come before the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me afresh today? Would you fill me so that I have the mind of Christ? Would you fill me so that my words are your words? Would you fill me so that I think the way that you think? Would you fill me so that when I'm in this situation at work, I would respond the way that you would have me respond? Would you fill me, Lord, so that I know when to stay quiet? Would you fill me, Lord, so that I can hear you so clearly? We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what I love about this verse is that in the original Greek, it's not just be filled one time. It's keep being filled with the Holy Spirit because we leak and we also pour out. But God is so good that as we are pouring out what he has poured in, he continues to fill us up. But the key is that we come back to be filled up, right? And that coming back, while I wish it was like at five in the morning with a candle and some music and matching pajamas, sometimes the refilling happens while I'm walking on my walk. And I'm like, God, I'm so thankful that you are with me right now. Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit afresh so that I hear from you? because he wants to breathe his fresh wind over your lives today. Amen? Amen.